by-the-minute news and extensive analysis of issues from Korea and abroad. This morning with Alex Jensen on TBS EFM. So, uh, actually, according to the 2015 International Student Assessment released by the OECD this month, the academic ability or income level of parents increasingly affects the academic performance of their children. So, there are a couple of big factors there. What schools their parents went to and what they did and how much money they have. And I think for many of us in this country, uh, the hagwon culture and how much money and time is spent on that is perceived as being all important. Whether that's really the situation or not, please let me know your thoughts. Powder Sharp, 1013 for 51 per message. At the moment, it's really left to individual parents to take that risk and, and take a stand. Che Anna is an analyst at Early Childhood and Schools Division from the OECD. Good morning to you. Good morning. Thank you so much for, for joining us today. Now, how has the gap been in Korea? Can you just explain uh, this link between the educational and financial background of one's family? Sure. Um, in the PISA, there's an index called ESCS. It's um, it's uh, Index of Economic, Social, and Cultural Status. Uh, it's derived from several variables related to students and family background. It's not just parents' education, but also their occupation, number of home possessions that can be taken as proxies for material wealth, and the number of books and other educational resources that's available in the home. So what we've looked into is how much of that index, which is standard, standardized to be uh, have, a, have a mean of zero and um, standard deviation of one, how does that increase affect their academic performance? So we look at math, reading, and science. But this year is to focus on the focuses on science and um, in Korea, South Korea particularly. The difference associated with this index is 44 points um, in average science performance, meaning that's a, about an equivalent of two years of schooling, and this is slightly higher than the average of OECD average of 38 points. And in 2006, the gap was about 30 points. So this has been a significant increase since um, 2006. Um, although it, you shouldn't take this as a causal impact of parents' um, income or education affecting directly the, their scores, but this explains how much of that can affect potentially um, a student's out, uh, performance. Mm. Well, as I said, Putting that in real terms, obviously many of us will intuitively consider that how much money parents are putting into private education, for example, will potentially affect uh, the assessment scores, the way in which uh, students are graded, sure. for example. And I know that the way the OECD measures PISA has come under uh, scrutiny in the past, whether we should be looking beyond examination results and so on. Maybe we can get onto that if we have time. But I, I'd like to ask which country has the largest gap in, in these terms, uh, the, sure. the biggest inequality. Um, so, based on the numbers and the the data that we have, the biggest gap uh, there is in is in Luxembourg and France, and the smallest gap you find in Algeria, Macau, and Tunisia. So, Korea is somewhere uh, in the top uh, top 
25-30%, I would say, but it's still, it's, it's been increasing. So without just comparing to other countries, I think they should look at their within-country trends, and I think that's a bit alarming. And the fact that um, the share of low performance has increased uh, since last wave, the last cycle of PISA, and that has contributed to that. And I'm, I think those are the students that are coming from disadvantaged backgrounds, whether it be social, social economic, or cultural. Um, yeah. What's your own view on education levels being correlated with income? Sure. Um, so while poor performance in school does not really translate into socio socioeconomic disadvantages, I think that socioeconomic status of students in schools can have a powerful influence on their learning outcomes. And as you said, advantaged families can have a better stance on, you know, affecting their effects of schooling, sending them to private hagwon or any other tutoring matters and such. Um, schools can be a powerful place where it can they can even the playing field, and I think that, um, of course, like the parental education matters, but I think that should serve as a place where wherever the student comes from, whatever the background is, they should be able to learn uh, to be able to success, success, succeed in life. What about the uh, effect of educational disparity, though, on, on a country's economy and the way it affects growth? Sure. So you can't talk talk without education about human capital, and human capital is is essential when you're talking about national uh, economic growth and GDP, whatever statistics you look at, and educational attainment and how you do in school in schools matter when um, when the ed the uh, employers are looking to hire people. It's essential and. Obviously, um, one of the things that people look at is, um, excuse me, um, so in one of the studies that McKinsey has done, they found mm -hmm. that in the U.S., it's just U.S., but if they had closed the persistent gap in academic achievement among children, um, they would have saved $2.3 in economic output in 2008 alone. So that number can go up potentially this in 2016 and uh, that was kind of they're comparing the they used the other piece of statistics of course and other other objective standardized academic test results and these are the key drivers in hiring and they're positively correlated with an individual's earning and at the macro level i think it definitely has an impact yeah of course there's other factors like individuals well-being and things that are not captured by these academic assessments and I understand that and that I understand those are also very important as well <laughs> although indeed I think many of us will agree that uh, we in Korea are very much caught up in the whole results based way of thinking it's not like we can suddenly lean on on well-being as being a comforting factor here um, yeah I mean how would you apply this all to Korean society um, I know some of the in one of the, the newspaper articles that they quoted me, they had another person looking at... There were some comments underneath the article, and I was reading it, and they're saying, oh, people care so much about the name of the university and the labels and what schools they went to, and I think those... I, it is probably a culture cultural thing that they have here, and it might affect... And also the fact that people... The education policy here shifts a lot, and um, 
they need to have a stance. And it also plays an effect, a big effect on an individual's well-being, I would say, it, like especially adolescents. Because I'm, I'm writing a report on um, adolescent well-being um, based on the PISA test that's going to be released next year. And, um, yeah, so I'm looking at having a key look on the Korean results. Yeah, well, we hopefully will have the chance to catch up with you on that and talk a bit more about PISA or Programme for International Student Assessment because it has been criticised in the past for driving competitive attitudes within that that macro view of schooling and all too often we get caught up in those and it's understandable from an OECD perspective but from a parent's point of view, you obviously just want the best for your child, don't you? Teana, thank you so much for taking the time to speak with us. Thank you. And uh, that is Tiana of the OECD's Early Childhood and Schools Division. What do we do with this information? From a government standpoint, they need to take very seriously the impact that uh, education disparity has on competitiveness and growth in the future. But we're hardly going to sacrifice our own children's education for the sake of the country as a whole. So what what do we do? Do we take a stand and end this hagwon culture and just try to, to better filter our children's interests into public education and, and try to encourage them on a career path that's not somehow hostage to demands, cultural demands all around us? Or do we just go with the flow? The, the flow is a bit disturbing, though. And I'd love to hear from some of our listeners on your experiences and maybe if you can inspire some of our fellow listeners with your own examples of, of going against the trend and helping your children or even yourselves escape from the, the kind of specific Korean rat race that we have. You can text us pound sharp 1013 for 51 per message. You can tweet us at EFM this morning.